We have arrived at week 18. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> no. We've 18. reached the point in the season where there's no more Monday night football. There's no Thursday night football. Thank goodness there's going to be a wild card weekend yeah. of football because week 18 is here and the year is over for lots of fan bases around the country. Do you wake up just like pinching yourself like this can't be real? Like About this season? About this season. Like you're going on beyond the regular season into the postseason. I have to say that this summer I felt it was possible. Yeah. At three and six, I thought it was dim. Had Matthew Stafford been done for the year, I knew it was over. Right. But going into the bye, because I'm paid to be optimistic about the Los Angeles Rams, and yeah. because I surveyed that second half of the schedule, I wanted to hang in the fight just a little bit longer. And uh, when Jason Myers at Seattle Seahawks missed that 55-yarder at SoFi Stadium, I thought, okay, maybe the worm has turned a little bit for the Los Angeles Rams. Why, are you pitching yourself? No, no, so, but something's up after the miss, right? They're, finally, the ball is bouncing towards the Rams because they've been like, one of the most unlucky teams until that moment. Is that fair this year? I mean, it's crazy that the Rams are clinched because yeah. Myers missed a 55-yarder at the outset of the winning Unbelievable. streak. Unbelievable. And uh, Mason Crosby missed a 54-yarder last Sunday. Yeah. Without those two misses, makeable, the Rams are not in the postseason. However, if not for the Rams leading the NFL in miss kicks... It's not even a mystery. They would have been clinched maybe even sooner. See, so, it all like cuts it, both ways. it evens out, no doubt. So all the misfortune, all the, the the mistakes you made to close out games when you lost them, you know, finally, if they miss a kick, so you win a game, I think it's entirely fair. But who cares? You got the W. Yeah, just when you roll out of bed in, in late December, early January, and you know you're still you're moving beyond the regular season, you just wake up with a smile on your face. And I do appreciate like the structure of the National Football League, which can be so maddening at times, and it feels more like a random result generator than a true competition on some weekends, depending on which end of the spectrum you fall. But inevitably... As December turns into January, the amount of teams that still have something to play for astounds me year after year. The yeah. narrow pathway still going yeah. into this weekend that <laughs> some teams from the AFC South to the <laughs> NFC South can still get in the – it's That's, unbelievable the yeah. parity that this sport has created by having a hard salary cap and a salary floor, You know, by having an inverted draft order, not a draft lottery. Right. And then – even on top of all that, you still have instances like last week 18 when Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans go out and do something bananas, yeah. like cost themselves the number one <laughs> overall pick with absolutely nothing to play for except their own pride and motivation. It's insane. This is football. This is what we. we, we this is the life we have chosen. But it is weird. And hope is a drug, man. It really is. I mean, <laughs> this is, is what drug. keeps you coming back, right? You've got one shot. We've got to win. We need eight losses to make the postseason. And you really go into Sunday thinking it's going to happen. So and sometimes it does. So you're telling me and you <laughs> Absolutely. And then you mess it up. So that's why we do it. That's why we love this game. It's funny. With DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Hope your 2024 is off to a great start. Week 18 takes the Rams to Santa Clara to take on their division rival, the San Francisco 49ers. In this edition of Rams All Access, we'll have four down territory. We'll get the latest from the 49ers facility. We'll also take a look at some honors, honors and records that are ahead for the Rams. Uh, Pro Bowl has been announced. All Pro still out nice. there. Rookie of the year. We can stump for our candidates. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Sam Darnold against Carson Wentz. How could you have told your 2018 
self that this is the matchup we'll see. Uh, th- then we're we're on some other planet. Like <laughs> <laughs> we we have moved on. This is crazy. I cannot believe we are talking about these two guys leading both teams, San Francisco and and the the Carson Wentz is with the Rams. Sam Darnold is leading the Niners this week. This is going to be fun. We will hear from Wentz. We will hear from Sean McVay. But let's start with 49er week and yeah. the stakes being what they are. It feels a little bittersweet to me, I have to be honest, because on this show, DeMarco, for several weeks, we've talked about, you know what? Not just play your way in, but what if you have a chance to rob your rival of the one seed on their home field? Like, it was really building to something big in Week 18. And the pressure release is nice to be able to just go up there and enjoy it and know that you're going to have next week to look forward to. But I will miss the full-stakes playoff caliber contest that I thought we were going to be promised in Week 18. You know, I, there's a part of me that hopes this, you know, Sean McVay is not going to play Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, all these guys are going to sit. I hope, just just in the in the dark recesses of my brain, I hope this is all smoke. I hope they go up there with everybody and try to annihilate the 49ers. I really do. Uh, it's not because of the players. It's not because of the Niners in particular. It's definitely that fan base. I would love to shut them up once and for all up there and ruin what you think is going to be a Super Bowl run or at least derail it some. But Wouldn't that be fun? I, absolutely. Yes. I want that. I don't... This regular season losing streak, we wouldn't trade it for that one victory in the NFC Championship At all. game. Yes. We'd take another couple years of sweeps if that's necessary. Yes. But I would like to get rid of that. I would like to expunge that from the record if we could. The ultimate goal, though, is to win twice in Santa Clara this month. Yes. It's to win twice. And what gives the Rams the best chance to win twice? <laughs> Not playing your starters on the front. I got you. I know. I know. It, but it, there's nothing against the, you know, against the rules that says I can say Matthew Stafford is not going to play and then all of a sudden he shows up yeah. on game day. And we should and throws for 5,000 yards right. in one in one quarter. Okay, so do you want to yeah. hear Sean McVay's explanation for his decision yeah. first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we'll let the head coach lay out why Stafford, Kyron, Aaron, Ernest, and Cooper Cup are not playing and why Puka will get a chance to chase the record, which we'll talk about, but then he's likely drawn back to we'll get his thought process on what went into that decision first. What you want to understand, Greg, is, all right, are any of these guys potentially affected from some incentives? You know, Matthew's played long enough. He's had so much success and and earned all the accolades and the credit that he gets. But I think he understands the big picture, as does an Aaron and a Cooper and, um, you know, these guys that have played a lot of football. And so uh, I think they understood the approach. You know, you always talk through those things with those guys, but you are mindful of, all right, are there potential incentives? You know, going back to even 2017, my first year here, um, when it was kind of, all right, you might be the three or the four, you know, and we felt like resting some guys. You know, the thing that was unfortunate is, Todd was the leading rusher in the league. Kareem Hunt gets one carry. They get him out that, you know, so you're cognizant of all of those things and you try to manage it the best that you can. But um, Matthew was great about it. He, he understood, you know, these guys all want to play. Um, and that's the best thing about it. And then I think when you explain to them what my thought process and our thought process as coaches was, um, they're totally supportive. And, and we got to still have a really good week of preparation. This isn't like a preseason game. This is, hey, we got to take steps in the right direction. Um, the guys that are playing need to be ready to go and, and understand you know that it is about continuously improving and then ultimately those guys that aren't do a great job leading continuing to prepare and then being ready to go when the uh, wild card comes around and demarco it's also just a matter of math right you can only elevate two from your practice squad yeah without signing them to the active roster so if you've got a 53-man roster plus two practice squad spots that's 55 minus the seven that have already been announced as 
inactive, not playing right. this weekend, okay. either for health or for you know preservation. So that's your 48-man active roster right there. You, you can only have 48 helmets out there, and you got to still play a football game. This is not the preseason. He's he's right. He's doing the exact right thing. And uh, and look, the mission is still the same no matter who's playing. you got to go up there and get a win. Uh, I, I, you may not be doing a bunch of game planning, or you may be playing a bunch of backups, but it is what it is. You still want to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I'm just thinking personally, and you are right. When you do hear from these people in these 49er hats, you see them as much as I do, and they start giving you heat because they keep beating you in the regular season, right? Right. right you know it's hollow you know there's one game that's still burning inside them and they can't right. get rid of it i always invite them to sofi next year because the banner will still be there and we'll still take their money because it's green i see I, <laughs> you can't say it any better than that see but i love it but going up there to win would be just something special and i don't care who's at quarterback i don't care who you're playing beating the 49ers is always a big deal 49er week is still alive and well now like you said the the pressure is off you're in the postseason you're playing for something bigger but it would be nice no matter who's lining up in a rams uniform to beat them up there i want to know where you come down on rest versus rust though i was you know kind of yeah. defending the rams in anticipation of this decision on social on media. twitter yeah i just like i was reading you all day sorry about that <laughs> you know i just like to be the heat shield for, i love for it sean and the rams when it's like I get him jv get him and you know my point is this there's recent instances in the National Football League, including Mike Williams getting hurt for the Chargers as recently as week 18 of last season. Um, that was I, a nice comeback, by the way. Oh, well, yeah. I, and that was a first half injury. Yeah, some yeah. people say, oh, like, oh, why not just play him the first half, build a lead, and then, well, this is the National Football League. Just because you play starters in the first half doesn't mean you build any lead. Yeah. And you still expose them to any given play that could end You can get season. hurt in warm-ups, yeah. But, but my, my larger point, and I can't say this with authority, you can because you played, I don't think there's any such thing as December or January rust. I just the amount of reps that these guys have piled up. If they play well on Wild Card Weekend or they don't, it's not because they took Week 18 off. I don't believe. Yeah. And on top of that, Sean McVay's track record is such that I look to Week One of his seven seasons. Now, he's six and one, and the only time he lost was when Buffalo came in looking like world beaters coming off the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. And steamrolled them. All that to say. What's a better barometer for rest versus rust than how the Rams have played in-season openers? That's a great point. And, you know, when they talk about that, uh, this is 2017 when Atlanta beat them, right? Uh, y- you have to give Dan Quinn a lot of credit. I do. Yeah, but I, mean, I also give Farrell Cooper a lot of blame. And yeah. you had brand-new green Jared Goff at quarterback. Like, these there were 20, other things these at play. These 2023 Rams, the nucleus... They have rings oh, in no their doubt. trophy case. It's different. So, I mean, you have to like take that with a grain of salt if you're pointing towards rust versus whatever uh, towards the end of the year. But here's where I come down. It depends on what type of team you have. If you're older and you're a little beat up, sure, go for the rest. Uh, if you're not and young and you're rolling and you don't want to lose your momentum, then play your guys. You golf, right? Mm-hmm. You ever been in a zone from hole to hole where it's just What's clicking? That? When, when your mind goes zap and it's just you and your swing, you've been there. A hole. One hole. Okay, one or two holes. It never carries over to the next tee. Now imagine if you, you are playing the best golf of your life, right? And it's just, you know, your flat line. Everything is, I'm in tune, it's working, and then the phone rings. And it's the missus. And she's yelling at you about milk. Oh, I hate it, when that happens. It, that is much more familiar than the first part of this hypothetical. It just disrupts your rhythm. Yes. So if you have that type of team that needs that rhythm, then play your guys. But if you have a team like the Rams, rest is more important. You just reminded me of something that I had not been able to articulate through 40 years of life. Do you know what the worst part of my golf game is? What? 
my wife. <laughs> oh, JB. We're on the air, man. We haven't gotten a break yet. Are you nuts? Adam says he can edit that out. She doesn't listen to this show anyways. Um, what about who you're playing next week? Let's pick up the conversation with that topic next. Because it's not just preparing yourself. And I do think preparing the head coach is part of it, too. I want to circle back to that. McVeigh's best being ready for the wild card weekend. Um, but also, do you have a preference for Dallas or Detroit? Do you have any confidence that a Green Bay or a Seattle, should they get in, might go upset a higher seed? Mm-mm. Those are all things that I want to talk about with you next because even though the Rams are going to safeguard their most important players, doesn't mean they're not going to try and win and doesn't mean that a Chicago can't win and still accomplish the same goal in the end. So let's pause here and continue with Rams All Access. Next, we've got four down territory. We're going to put a bow on our playoff eliminator contest and we will hear from Carson Wentz as he prepares to make a start for the Los Angeles Rams. What world are we living in? (laughs) We're living in DeMarco's far, DeMarco Farr's world here on 710 ESPN. <laughs> Welcome back to Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr and JB Long Sunday in Santa Clara. It's the Rams and the 49ers renewing their rivalry, both with backup quarterbacks. But for Carson Wentz and the Rams, there's a record to chase. Puka Nakua has a chance to rewrite the NFL rookie receiving record books this Sunday. He four catches, 29 receiving yards to break each of those respective NFL rookie records. And believe me when I say it's on the minds of the head coach, Sean McVay, and also the quarterback, Carson Wentz, who's in charge of securing them. He's a stud. Um, Puka's been a stud. You know, seeing it from afar, um, but then coming in here and seeing it up close and personal. Um, you know, he's not only a stud receiver, but when you put the ball in his hand, never would have known he could he could run like that. He's getting these end arounds, and he's, you know, picking up huge plays late in games, you know, when, when we're just trying to run out the clock in different scenarios. So he's been a lot of fun um, working with. I don't know if he really knows how good he is. You know, he's still a kid, um, but I think the sky's the limit for him, and it's cool that he's getting the recognition that he is, and, you know, hopefully he can get that record. All right, back with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. That was Carson Wentz added midseason as Matthew Stafford's backup. I think we've all been... Looking forward to seeing him, but just in the proper context, in the fourth quarter of wins that had already been secured, or in this case, a clinched playoff spot. I want to see him go. He is a fantastic-looking athlete. He is so dialed in. Um, I remember when he was on his MVP run, when he came here to so to Southern California so and got hurt here. Yep. Um, but just watching what he could do, I thought the league had changed because of him. So uh, I hope we get a full dose of what he can do on game day, because that would be fun to watch. I think he did help change the league. I really do. Because I, the contrast 100%. between him and Jared Goff, which is like, you know, 90s era, yeah. early 2000s, thousands you know driving range caliber arm stroke versus Carson Wentz who can play off schedule a little bit which way is it tilted since those two were selected uh, more mobile guys like Carson Wentz so even I mean, though Jared's yes the, the traditional pocket successful passer, quarterback that will still work this is still football that is still viable but the league has moved on to guys that are more mobile that can create off schedule and Carson Wentz at one point was at the top of that so uh, it's like that character in Marvel Blade. You got all the strengths and none of their weaknesses. So you can run and throw with accuracy. So I want to see that on game day. That would be fun to watch. Plus, the guy, like I keep saying, he's big as a house. This is why DeMarco Farr is such a broadcast professional. Where do we want to go next? We wanted to talk about the Rams either going to Detroit to face Jared Goff or maybe Dallas, and he drops Goff's name in there so seamlessly to make the segue for us. Are you already thinking about maybe Matthew Stafford going back to the Motor City? You know. Do you have a preference with wild card opponents? You, you want to go there for that game as bad as I do. 
Tell would, me that wouldn't come on. I would pay. I would pay out of pocket to go see to that see game. that. Yes, not that I wouldn't for Dallas too. I'd be excited, but there's nothing in terms of significance and narrative arc that could match Stafford going back to Detroit. Oh no, no doubt, no doubt. And and the, when they put him up on the the jumbotron, oh. that's it's going to be something fantastic. So yeah, I, I cannot wait for that matchup and i hope that jared is a captain so we get the handshake oh, before the game come on the whole you nine just gave me chill come on man. isn't that awesome come on <laughs> so either the rams win or chicago beats green bay and they would be the sixth seed your opponents are most likely going to be dallas or detroit outside shot at philadelphia but i can't see dallas losing to washington they're like the heaviest favorite of the week um does it matter? Does six or seven matter to you, though? You know, I heard you guys talking about it once, and I've heard other people talking about it. You, you know me. I just I don't care where you play or whoever. But It is that season where yeah. anyone, anywhere, it shouldn't matter. And that's why I understand Sean McVay yeah. has to take that stance. Like, I'm not playing to try and dictate my opponent wildcard weekend. Right. Because if you're going to get in this thing, you're saying... I'm going to be able to beat the other 13 teams in the field no matter what. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Yeah, but if you could, I mean, for us, it would be fun going back to Detroit. Mm -hmm. But there is a part of you and a part of us, I'm sure you'd like to avoid going to Dallas. It's always a bigger deal when you're in Dallas playing on the star, like you said. So that's a mess. And that can get into a young player's head. So there is some pitfalls going to Dallas, but going to Detroit, I hope just for the chaos of it all and just for, like you said, the visuals and coming full circle on things would be awesome to go back there. There is still a slim chance you wouldn't have to play San Francisco in Santa Clara should you be fortunate enough to advance. If you're the six and the seven wins, they would go to face the top seed, the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. And I don't think there's any arguing that the Niners – and the Ravens are clear-cut deserving one seeds in their respective conferences. No doubt. So I can't say this any more clearly. No part of me wants to dodge San Francisco. I want to take that freight train head on. I really hope we get to see it in two weeks since we won't get to feel the full force of it this Sunday. Yeah. But from competitive odds, would it be valuable to be the six instead of the seven? Absolutely. See, I, I love when he does this, the seeding calculus. Now, how do we get an NFC championship game back to Los Angeles. Okay. I'm sure you've got that in the computer yeah, bank you know, somewhere. Green Bay wins. Yeah. They're the seven. Rams win. They're the six. Right. Both win. Rams go to Detroit, beat Jared Goff. Packers go to Dallas, and Mike McCarthy does something wacky with his game-ending management. Dak doesn't manage the clock well, and they lose at home for the first time this season. Okay? The Packers then go beat Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers who are so rusty because as you know when you take time off in football oh, yeah. you get rusty and it's horrible you don't look like yourself yes and then the rams <laughs> i think that's as far as i'm willing to i got you i like it though but you got to put that out there so i like it the first 6 7 See? nfc championship i can't game. wait to play all this back when we're talking about an nfc championship game in los angeles that's awesome uh, let's yeah. get to something a little bit more controversial yeah uh pro bowl pro bowl pro bowl did you see the yeah release? what's the controversy well, no, I'm asking you if there the, is one. Uh, well, so, a few guys that didn't make it, sure, but that's every year. It's, go ahead, but go ahead. Well, let's start with Aaron, 10 in a row. Locked up, uh, done. Important note on Matthew Stafford, and let me rest here. Actually, let's say Kyron gets his first, Puka gets his first. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, Stafford actually gets his third. So the NFL circled back with the Rams and said, hold on, 
He only has one on his Wikipedia page. He's only got one on his Pro Football Reference page. But he was the first alternate in 2021, and two NFC quarterbacks had to tap out. So had we played a game, we don't play the game anymore. It's like a skills competition. But Matthew Stafford would have been in. He would have been in as so a replacement. This, this is number three. Except you guys were busy winning that Super Bowl, you know? So like uh, we kind of got lost in that administratively. Yeah. But that was his second. This is his third. Now. Wow. Do you want, you want to say anything about that? Uh, no, you, that, that's just okay. that. Wow. You know how I feel about Pro Bowls. Yeah, yeah. If retweets in November count. It's not a it's not a meaningful honor for me. It's good for these guys if it gets them paid, if it gets them recognition. It's an awesome feeling to be uh, as to player, be named to a Pro Bowl. Yeah. What I mean is, in terms of when I'm comparing resume A against resume B, I could care less what the Pro Bowl. I mean, it means something to you, here's, but not everything. Here's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. what it means to me. Yeah. Five, seven, ten years from now, I could see Hall of Fame voters being like Matthew Stafford with only one Pro Bowl. That's a hard. That's going to be a hard bridge for me to cross. How can I put him in over Matt Ryan, who won an MVP, or fill in the blank, or fill in the Russell Wilson, on and on and wow. on. Wow, that's going to be a hard bridge for me to cross. So what I love about yeah. where we are now compared to 48 hours ago, now he's got three. Pro you Bowls know, don't matter. Now you can trust your eyes and everything that he's done, right? And say. We've seen two full seasons of Matthew. You and I have two full seasons. Does he? Did he look in twenty one and twenty three like one of the best quarterbacks walking the planet? Yes. Yes. Hands down. Hands down. And the way he played this year, I think we both know extended his runway. No doubt. Yes. So that hopefully he'll continue to pile up the numbers that make it more of a shoe in case when all is said. I hope to God. See, they're all going to be talking about this five years after he retires. I hope somebody didn't forget or didn't know what he looked like. Like all you're looking at is the Pro Bowls at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a guy that's voting on the Hall of Fame and you have to go beyond or just go with what's on a page, then you shouldn't be in the room. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, yeah. but I also I can see it coming. There's going to be a squeeze because he's right there in the sandwich between the golden era of yeah. Breeze and Brady and you, you, you but get just like Tory Holt and, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but he's got these numbers. The fastest guy to forty k. I mean, all this stuff will stand out. And I mean, I don't think the lack of Pro Bowls is going to hurt you. But, but just like yeah. Tory wound up on ballots with other receivers who were like, "Oh, Tory was great, but this guy was absolute." True. Receivers have a problem. If yeah. you if Matthew Stafford lands on the same ballot as Aaron Rodgers, let's just say. Okay, that's going to be tough. I okay. asked you that before. I said if you have Aaron Rodgers and you have uh, Matthew Stafford, which one goes to the to the Hall of Fame first? And most people pick Aaron Rodgers, and I say why? They have the same number of Super Bowl wins. Uh, Z- sorry. <laughs> right, sorry, right, right, sorry, man. Sorry, and the numbers are close. Sorry, I'm no Aaron Rodgers fan, and I'm less of an Aaron Rodgers fan by the day. I'm just asking, but yeah, but the numbers are close. Same number of Super Bowl wins, and then the younger guys behind him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Mahomes is. A, I'm just saying, by the time five years of water go under the bridge, a lot of those records that he is establishing will change. Will will no longer be his. Guaranteed. So this is why I think we come back to. This year with him, I'm glad Matthew Stafford's getting his flowers this year. I'm glad people are starting to re-examine, like like you said, correcting the Pro Bowls. Like you really have to look at his career when people like dismiss him from the rip. And I'm like, have you really looked at his numbers? You know, really look at what he did and what he had to do. And it's not his fault. And with all due respect, it's not his fault he had to go through Detroit. They were 0-16 the year before they picked him. I'm with you. You know who picked second the year he came out? The Rams. Right. So I remember going back. Wow, I wish we had a shot at this guy. So, 
been a fan since he came in, even more of a fan now. I'm glad he's getting his flowers now. I hear you. I'm just old enough to remember when he landed in Los Angeles with one Pro Bowl to his name and zero playoff wins. Yes. Do you remember that, Matthew Stafford? I, I sure do, and, yes. And the farther we put those days in his rearview mirror, I think the easier it will be when that decision ultimately has to The be. last thing you said, last thing I'll say about Matthew Stafford, when you said this is the best running game he's ever had, what does that say about his time in Detroit? There you go. Wow. When, when Reggie Bush, and gosh, we love Reggie as a collegian, but yes. when Reggie Bush is your best professional running back. Enough said. Okay. Just go ahead and put the punctuation <laughs> at the end of that sentence. Uh, we've gone on too long, but I do want to say I don't care because of what I said about Pro Bowls that Kevin Dotson was not a Pro Bowler. Yeah. But if he's not an all pro, I will flip this table over. Wow. Someone ha- someone from this offensive line has to be represented, and I think it's him, on the All-Pro list because it's been the most successful and important position group on the 2023 Rams end of story. We good on that? Absolutely. Okay. So I will withhold my angst and, and frustration over Don't hold voting it. for now. Don't hold it. <laughs> and I'll withhold judgment until the, the All-Pro honors come out because those are the ones that I think really have some depth to them. Uh Rams aren't the only ones resting starters this weekend, you might have heard. Kyle Shanahan not as forward about what he's going to do, other than McCaffrey being held back and Sam Darnold getting the start. Uh, But we'll hear from the facility up in Santa Clara next, and we'll get the latest on the Niners' plan. They are the division champion and the one seed, and they will host your Los Angeles Rams. Coming up next, it's Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory on Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. Welcome back to a Week 18 edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. I'm JB Long. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily. As you know, the Rams are off to Levi's to play the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday in Santa Clara. The Niners are going to be resting some starters. We'll find out which ones as we chat with Guy Haberman, who has a terrific podcast, Haberman and Middlecoff, one of the best when you want to know about the San Francisco 49ers. Guy's my buddy from way back in our Pac-12 history and so much more. Guy, good to catch up with you for the second time this season. I do hope there's a third in our forecast as well. And there might be. It's great to talk to you, JB. Your your, your voice was, uh, was uh, all throughout your hometown uh, here in the Bay Area this week because uh, you're 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 at your question of Sean McVay about whether he'd be back for 2024 made made some news up here too so it's good to hear you for the second time this week oh well I, I guess that's what it's like to be Guy Haberman and go viral on the regular um, <laughs> let's get to the quarterback matchup uh, following football as you do how blown is your mind that we are about to see Carson Wentz take the Rams into Levi Stadium to face Sam Darnold and the San Francisco 49ers? Pretty uh, pretty crazy. This is pretty crazy. Now, if you had asked me at the beginning of the year would Sam Darnold be playing this year, I would have said, I mean, I talked about it a lot because I watched him throughout training camp and, and thought he looked really good as someone who was not necessarily a, you know, quote-unquote pro-Darnold uh, guy coming into the season, coming into the offseason just because of the struggles he'd had. But I, I was pretty intrigued with what he could look like with Kyle Shanahan. So uh, that obviously didn't play out this year. He played a couple times due to, due to Brock Purdy getting nicked up a little bit, but for the most part, we didn't get to see him. And then for Carson Wentz to be in this position, it, it did, it did keep blowing my mind that Carson wasn't on a team for a long time. Um, and, you know, I think if you were to, if you were to say uh, you, you get a couple, pick like a group of coaches that have to be in a fit, like a knife fight, they don't get any heavy art, artillery, it's just going to be up to that. You know, it's going to be like hand-to-hand combat. 
and you all, it's going to really come down to their technique, their skills, all that stuff. You say, oh, McVeigh and uh, and McVeigh and Shanahan with like formerly highly, highly, highly touted quarterbacks who turned into journeymen now trying to like resurrect their careers week 18 and set themselves up for maybe some hope in uh, 2024, you know, maybe a little free agency interest or whatever. This would be a, this would be a matchup. I think it adds a lot of intrigue to this game just to see McVeigh and I think McVeigh and Shanahan probably sneaky love it, you know, to kind of do battle this way. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Guy Haberman is our guest, giving us a peek inside the San Francisco 49ers world as we anticipate week 18. Let's dig a little deeper on that. What does this weekend mean to the 49ers? We know their one seat is locked up. We know that they're going to preserve some key players, but what are they playing for sentimentally, if anything, in your estimation? Well, I think beating the Rams really matters to them, just in general. Conference, uh, you know, divisional game, but just the history they have. I, I think beating the Rams matters to them. I'm, I'm sure it matters to McVay to beat Kyle. I'm, I'm sure it matters to Kyle to beat McVay. But I thought it was really interesting, too, listening to Kyle Shanahan at his press conference on Wednesday. He, speaking in specifics and in generalities, does not think it's good for football players to have two weeks off, just fundamentally. He, he even said, and uh, we'll see what happens. I would expect Trent Williams not to play. As we're talking this week, it's only been Brock Purdy that Kyle said officially won't play in a game. He'll be the emergency quarterback. But he fundamentally believes two weeks off is too long. He even said, look at Trent Williams after he had a few weeks off earlier this year. When he came back, he was not immediately at his best. Um, and that's not even getting into the possibilities that you have of, you know, soft tissue injuries. He thinks when a player gets a week off from a game, also they get a week off from practice and that puts them a little bit behind. So, you know, I, I think it does matter to him how they play in this game. And because of the injuries they have, the number of players that, um, you know, will have to play just because of the numbers game, I think it will matter to them not to head into the postseason having not played well. Um, so I, I think from that standpoint, you know, it, it, Kyle Shanahan definitely in more than just coach speak talk like it matters a lot to him. And I think if you think about the players the Niners have, these are guys that play hard all the time. Christian McCaffrey, go watch. I mean, you saw his last, I think it was his last Panthers game was against the Rams, um, in LA where the Panthers gave him the ball on like nine of the first 11 touches or whatever it was. It was something crazy putting him on display. He plays hard no matter what. You watch the way the Niners play. They've had some blowout wins this year, JB, a fair amount of them. Uh, and one thing that Niners fans always get a little uneasy about is how much Christian McCaffrey touches the ball in the second half of two-score games. Hmm. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan does not know. Kyle Shanahan knows one speed, pedal down. And um, and so I do. it'll bother him to lose this game. It'll Now, you know, how do you scheme it? It's, it's probably a little closer to a preseason game in terms of just because you know you might see this team again right. in two weeks. So it makes it really complicated. It makes it very interesting. And uh, the fact that the Rams are in that same boat, you know, I, it'll be fun to see what, what do you really unveil. And at the same time, we'd say, well, these teams know each other so well. How much can you really hide from each other? But um, I, I do think it matters to them to win this game. And I, I don't think that's just lip service when they say it. Guy Haberman is a great Bay Area broadcaster and a friend. He's given us some insight on the San Francisco 49ers here on Rams All Access. We're in four-down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. 
Not that I really care about Pro Bowls, as I've stated on this show, but guy who was the biggest 49ers Pro Bowl snub, given that half their roster seemed to be honored yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the two that come up are, are Ayuk, um, who was not in the top 25 in catches, but is, you know, in the top five in receiving yards. Uh, he was, he, he was, he's a star. I mean, he's a star for them. Um, and Dre Greenlaw, you know, Bobby Wagner getting the other linebacker spot. I thought it would have been pretty poetic if the two AFC starting linebackers were the Ravens linebackers and the two NFC starting linebackers were the 49ers linebackers. So I think Ayuk is, I think either one of those guys you could pick. And, and you know, the thing about Pro Bowl starters is that um, generally you're splitting hairs. Like someone is always going to get snubbed. I'd probably put Ayuk at the top of that list just based on how important he is to them on one of the top offenses in the league. But, you know, I think it probably hurts when you have nine guys selected when you've got the quarterback, when you've got the running back, when you've got the left tackle, when you've got the tight end, when you've got the fullback, it is kind of telling that neither one of the 49ers receivers made that, that list. But Ayuk would be that guy. And then finally, for Guy Haberman to wrap up four down territorial weekly trip inside opponent's territory, I'm not fishing for an answer here. You don't feel like you need to say the Los Angeles Rams. But of the projected teams that could make the NFC postseason, which one does San Francisco not want to run into on their way to a potential Super Bowl? Well, uh, they own the Cowboys. I don't think they'd be afraid of Detroit, um, especially since it would be a home game. I think going to Detroit would be challenging. They, I think they feel pretty good about playing golf. Certainly we can throw Tampa out. But we can throw Green Bay out. So – I think it's Philly, the Rams, and I would put the Cowboys back in there, even though they they have dominated the Cowboys. The Cowboys are just can be a pretty explosive offense, and they've got a defense that played well against Brock Purdy in the playoffs last year, even though he played better against them the first time around this year. The thing with the Rams, and I said this, and I'm not just saying it this way because of you, because I'm talking to you, JB. I said this to somebody else not even on the air yesterday. If you go through the rest of the NFC teams, quarterback coach combination there's no question what the best what the other best combination is and it's mcveigh and stafford kyle shanahan said yesterday that uh or said on wednesday that stafford's the best as uh, i don't uh, let's see he said as good a, a quarterback as he's ever studied was basically what he said as good as anyone i've ever studied is what he said so he didn't say the best ever he just said as good as anyone mm-hmm. I've ever studied, and we know what mcveigh is so I think that combination is pretty scary. And um, I would put them, I, I just like kind of have a tier, and that tier is Dallas, Philly, and the Rams on that same tier with Philly. And I know Philly looks bad, and the Niners played well against them, but they have, you know, they've just got a quarterback that can, that can make special things happen, and they have some um, offensive weapons that make things challenging. I know the Niners feel like they can score on them, but they can get after your quarterback. They just have some pieces, even though it's not together now, but their coach is not on the level of McVay and Shanahan. So for that reason, I put my answer is that that tier has the Rams. The number one tier in the NFC of teams the Niners would be challenged by has the Rams. Yeah, I hear that. And truthfully, there's no reason they should fear anyone west of Baltimore and maybe not even the Ravens if they were to get a potential rematch in the Super Bowl. Good stuff, Guy. Appreciate you taking some time to join us again. Great to talk to you, JV. Thanks for having me. And save us a spot two Thursdays from now, just in case. All right. All right, Guy Haberman there from the Bay Area. 
Haberman and Middlecoff, his podcast. Uh, great to catch up with Guy. And we'll be back with DeMarco to finish out this Week 18 edition of Rams All Access after this on 710 ESPN. Well, if the goal is to get back to Levi's, then I'm not showing the San Francisco 49ers a thing. DeMarco, I don't know if you've got your game plan ready for Week 18, but uh, I'm running wing T at them. I'm showing them Ooh. swinging gate with Carson Wentz. Ooh, They're going to have like to defend it. triple option. Oh, I like it. Nothing like what Matthew Stafford would bring should the Rams be able to win on Wild Card Weekend and face the 49ers again this month. You are talking my language. That is my style of offense. Absolutely. Defensively, same thing. I got two fronts, two calls, maybe two or three pressures. That's it. We're going to play. Win it with your emotion and your physicality and your tenacity. That's the type yeah. of week it is for me. It's fun. Shouldn't be easy because it's San Francisco 49ers. Treat week. this like bowl practice. We said this, right? Get your young guys ready. Get some guys reps. I mean, but don't go too crazy, when you, especially when you think about Carson Wentz. We may need you going beyond week 18. Speaking of bowl prep, yeah. congratulations. Oh, my God. Michael How about that? Panics and the dogs. That was terrific. Bro, um, I'm glad I, I was alone. Because the last three minutes of that game, just, oh my God, heart-wrenching. But here we are. Yes, sir. I, the video that I love real quick was, uh, did you see like the digitally edited, this is what Penix would look like as a right-handed quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Changed everything, Changed right? Everything. Changed everything. And yeah, tremendous. Does. I wonder where he goes in the draft, but that's besides the uh, But yeah. one more thought on, on game planning. Yeah. We talked about resting players. I think there's value to being able to rest coach and play caller too. And I'm not saying Sean McVay is kicking up his heels this week. But I think it's valuable for the coaching staff, especially McVay, to not be overextended in this Week 18 and maybe even get ahead a little bit on Detroit and or Dallas. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, not necessarily rest, but just take some of the pressure off. It, it's a base game plan that everybody knows. You know, perhaps someone else could take charge of the offense and let you get ahead on some other stuff. So, yeah, this that's the blessing of a week like this when you – clinch and qualify for the playoffs and basically a six or a seven seed does not matter this is a blessing of a week to have mm -hmm. for a football team so normally we do keys to victory kind of to wrap mm -hmm. up this show how about we do keys to getting back to san francisco so like take a broader lens okay you'd love to win this week but it's as much about what are the things you have to do between now and the divisional round to still be playing to earn the chance maybe to get back to San Francisco. Interesting. Interesting. It, it plays a little bit like New Year's resolutions. Remember last yeah. week we did New Year's resolutions? We did. What are okay. some of the things that you think the Rams will have to do between now and when they fly home from Wild Card Weekend to play on? Oh, God, the easiest one, the elephant in the room, sure up the kicking game. Oh, okay. Yeah, did I take yours? Yeah, you so, took my I, one. I think that's everybody. And my 1A and my what, 1B. What else is there? Can I, I mean, run something by you, though? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They're going back to Brett Maher, yeah. uh, going back to a veteran, uh, someone who I think can nail down the more quote-unquote makeable kicks. We hope. We hope. Yeah. Um, and should you go back to Dallas, man, that would be a, a story too, the former Cowboy. True. Yeah. So when I was driving this week, I realized that I've been guilty of this, and I think the Rams have been too. I think they've been playing not to lose on special teams. And, okay. And I've yeah. and I've been like, hey, playing not to lose. Hey, Go ahead. Quit muffin punches. Fair catch everything. Yeah. You know, touchbacks. Fair catch. Smart. Give it over to your offense. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that disposition, that temperament, has unfortunately kind of permeated the entire room. And I feel a special teams unit that goes out there in the kicking game trying not to mess it up. And I, that's no way to win. It's no way to win. But it is what it is. I mean, there's a reason you have to fair catch. There's a reason you don't give 
trammel a the green light Uh, there's been some issues i mean there's a problem every time the ball leaves the ethan evans foot you you hold your breath yeah you've been on teams how far can you get on special teams when you're playing from your heels instead of on your front okay see i've been through this and i've seen the san francisco 49ers this is the early 90s when they were doing the same thing on special teams they would fair catch off the rip i mean they're not bringing it out the punt returners not returning it yeah his job was to give it to Steve Young and let them drive it. So it just depends on how your offense is doing. So, yeah, yeah. I, maybe I, I didn't want to underscore that. Or how too your much. defense is playing. I, actually, yeah. I, I mean, I think more harm can be done on punt returns sometimes, unless you're really proficient. Yeah. You know, block in the back, you, you end up losing yardage, right? You're making a mistake, right. create a turnover. I, I actually am still okay with that. I just realized that, you know what? How can you ever get better on special teams in like a crouched? Posture. It's hard. It's but like Les Snead said when he filled in for Sean McVay, you are what you are on teams, and you're a flawed football team, and you know it. So how do you minimize that? Okay, on special teams, we're not going to be very aggressive. We're going to be aggressive tacklers, but as far as returns, okay, whatnot. And if it's on the edge of a fifty, we probably will be yes. going for it offensively. Gosh, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this. Okay, so mine, a couple of mine are, yes, kick it better, but also be ruthlessly aggressive on fourth down. Offensively. Offensive. Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned tackling. I've got two fundamentals, one on each side of the ball. Tackling will take you to where you want to go, and drops will cost you the chance to get to where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of drops this a year. A lot of drops. A lot of drops by some key guys, too. Yeah. I, I, it's it's hard to see the Rams playing deeper than anyone expected them no, to yeah. unless they shore that up. It's harder. It's hard to be mad at Puka Nakua. Right, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's having such a great year. Like, it, oh, Puka. <laughs> the simplistic thing would be like, oh, don't turn it over. But obviously, that, right. that, that goes without saying. Yeah. But beyond that, broken tackles on defense and yeah. special teams, drops on offense. That, for instance, when you do go for fourth down in the Meadowlands and you put it on Puka's back knee to protect him, that catch needs to be made so that that is not a game. Yes. That leads me to my last one. Three weeks in a row now, the Rams haven't trailed. They've had double-digit second-half leagues and the game's been in jeopardy until the final onside kick or place kick. Learning how to finish. That could be like a year-long th- – well, it has been a year-long thing. But yeah. the teams you're about to play from this point forward, yeah. they are not the Giants. They are not the Saints. They are not the Commanders. If you leave the door open to them in the fourth quarter, they will send you to See, Cabo. This is why I think this could be a blessing in disguise because you're used to playing every game four straight quarters. I hope so. There, there is no relax button here. So when you are in a dogfight – against one of those teams and you take it to the fourth quarter you could become sea biscuit all i need to do is be neck and neck and i can beat you to the finish line because we've been through this before and you failed a few times and you got lucky a I few hope, times i hope what you're saying is true yeah i mean you never know you never know but yeah i'm with you though i i would love i would love a world where the rams receivers didn't have another drop until the end of the year and i guarantee you that probably goes into february if that happens uh, last order of business here on Rams All Access. I think you know where I'm going. Playoff eliminator. Yeah. Our audience has been waited with bated breath <laughs> to get to this finish line. And and I just want to have a candid man-to-man conversation and we can settle it amongst ourselves. DeMarco Farr and I have been drafting teams all season long for the third year in a row, I believe, that we believe are going to miss the playoffs. The more of those teams you accumulate, the better chance you have of winning the game. However, if you take a team, let's say in October, and they rally and make the postseason, boom goes the dynamite, you're out. We each got a mulligan, or so we thought. DeMarco with some bravado picked Dallas before the Rams went to Dallas. 
he ultimately got to hit eject for the good of the game. Thank goodness. Out of the graciousness of my pre-holiday heart <laughs> and for the good of the show, I wanted that for him. I, I feel I'm being buttered up. Okay. I yeah. <laughs> picked the San Francisco 49ers to settle an off-the-record bet via text message. Right. But it, it came to light in this show, and I was man enough it's a to legal go ahead document. And to yeah. say, okay, I'll take the Niners, <laughs> and then I'll, and then I'll promptly use my mulligan. Yes. So here's my portfolio. Arizona, Carolina, New York Giants, Washington, Las Vegas, New York Jets, Denver. Great, All done. Great non-playoff All squad. All done. Yes. Non, Non-playoff squad. DeMarcos, Chicago, New England, Tennessee, the Chargers were good so far. Houston, <laughs> the eighth, the eighth still alive, and Tampa Bay wow. in as of today as the South champion. So not a final answer, but close. Right. What are you trying to say? I should concede. Well, I'm just. Are you are you willing to relinquish the 49er grenade? You already did. Okay, so yeah. you're, you're saying right. Adam Bronstein has has ruled. Dallas is out for you. San Francisco I is concede, out for me. Yes, okay. I concede that. Yes. Right. Okay. So if Houston is eliminated and if Tampa Bay gacks up the South, right? Draw. Otherwise, we, I win 2023. Fair. Okay. Done. I'll All take right. that. Yes. All right. All right fine. Yes. Good. I think that's that's a really nice way to start our 2024 and maybe preserves the future. <laughs> oh my of this god! Game on this show. Yes, sir. As always, it's just a gentleman's bet, and there's nothing at stake except for a handshake and or dinner. Maybe the yeah the first yeah. round wherever we go. For Protein a shake or round. two. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, great to kick off the new year with you, Demarco. Yes, Part sir. of me does wish there was a lot more at stake in this bitter rivalry in Week 18. But no one's going to look the gift horse in the mouth and say no thank you to a winning season and a clinch playoff spot going to Santa Clara. Hope it's the first of two trips here in January. For Adam, for DeMarco, I'm JB Long. Thank you for being with us all season long here on Rams All Access 710 ESPN.